Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Marketing, and your host for this episode. Today, we have one of my favorite thought leaders in the space, Steve Johnson. Steve is a author, speaker, strategist. He was a longtime Pragmatic Marketing instructor. He now, uh, not only does he work the circuit with the conferences, but he's got his own business um, helping companies implement the Pragmatic Marketing framework and really upsell and or up level their product management groups. So welcome, Steve. Well, thank you. What a great intro. What it, you know, you make it easy. So. <laughs> so I read an article of yours recently um, that said basically you were just completely done with the title of product manager. Okay. It, it didn't quite say that. But really it said that maybe it wasn't the best title for what we do and maybe it was causing confusion and that maybe we should be problem managers. And I just loved it. So let's help me understand a little bit more about your thinking behind that. Okay. Well, actually, you know, I was reading an article myself and the, the author said something like, most product managers are not doing the job that their executives hired them to do. And I started thinking about the detail of titles. Um, product manager is so generic. And if you think about it in the context of, say, development, you know, we've got this, this, type, this group of, you know, development. But that's actually, there's within development, there are specialties. You know, there's front-end developers and back-end developers. There's database folks, there's UX people, there's QA people, um, there's lots of specialty roles within this big umbrella. And I think as, as I reflected on that, I started thinking about the number of people I've met who have the title product manager, that one person has that title, does a whole set of things that is completely different than another product manager within the same organization. And then across organization, it's even worse, what one company calls a product manager, another company calls a product marketing manager. Um, so I took umbrage really at the idea of, of product manager being a title as opposed to you know, an entire department of titles. I, it makes a ton of sense and, and we see this in what we teach. I see this in my own market visits where the title product manager to your, isn't necessarily indicative of any particular class of activities or responsibilities because it could be so wide. But what made you pick problem manager? Well, you know, I, um, the pragmatic marketing framework does a really good job of articulating the incredible scope of expectations for the quote product manager. And the first box is market problems. And I started thinking about where product managers really add value, and that is thinking through how they engage with executives and developers and marketers and salespeople. We really need product managers to be talking about problems they found instead of features. And this has been like with development. It's been a, re a long-standing problem between product management and development that product managers come in and say, here's the feature I want, or 
you know, I, I talk to a, a client or worse, I talk to a salesperson who talked to a client who wants this feature and a good developer says, well, what problem does that solve? And the product manager goes, well, I don't know. They just asked for it. You know, they want a button, you know, they want a report, they want a thing, they want a scrolly wheel, whatever. But I don't understand why they want it. I'm just, you know, an order taker. I, I, I picked up the phone and said, you know, how can I serve you today? And yet, what is the job that executives hired us to do? And it's be the representative of problems to say, in this case, development. Um, yet 47% of product management time is spent in unplanned activity. And that is rather than being, you know, the expert on the problem, they tend to be expert on the product technology and become a service or a support role for development, sales and marketing. And so that when we go to development and we basically, you know, read aloud from JIRA as opposed to having a meaningful conversation about the problems that we've seen when we talk to customers in the market. And I saw um, a speaker once say, you know, how important it was that the product manager be uh, co-located with the developers. You know, should they should work in the same pods. And somebody in the room asked the consultant, well, when do product managers do all of the other things that product managers do? And the speaker was befuddled. He had no idea what product managers might do beyond working with development until he landed on do demos at trade shows. Oof. He's like, oh, yeah. So I guess they go to trade shows. Yeah. So, you know, you could take a day out of that. Otherwise, you know, 24 seven, you need to be next to developers. And yet so many times I've well, you know, I had another one. Um, you, you didn't mention in the intro, I tend to communicate in stories uh, more than anything else. I was doing a, a, a training session and it was it was really quite delightful. It was getting into absolute granularity on um, requirements. And the developers were saying, you know, the, what marketing is giving us or what product management is giving us is too vague. And sure enough, some of them were, you know, some of the requirements or the, some of the, the stories were, um, you know, the product needs to be better <laughs> or, you know, we need reporting. And the developers were saying, you know, this is, there's not enough precision here for us to address it. And they, and what they said was, you need to tell us exactly what you want. And this seems to be this area of friction that either product managers say, I've got this feature I want and I don't know why. Um, and they communicate with development and development says, well, we need to know why in order to design a solution. And it keeps coming for me, it keeps coming back to what is product managers area of expertise. And let's go down that path just for a second. I worked with a team a while back and the VP was adamant that the product managers have computer science degrees. They need to be as technical as the developers. And I questioned that and it became clear that what he was really asking was for the product managers to be the product designers and that the developers were not in fact developers, they were coders. That is, get, tell us what feature you want and we will code it in the coding factory that is known as development. And yet when I sit down with developers and ask them what they need to know, they don't say, I need you to know technology. What they say is, can you tell us more about the persona and their problem? 
when I sit down with marketing, this is another good one. I sit down with marketing and, and it's so funny, uh, development has gone agile pretty much everywhere. Uh, marketing in most cases has not. And so in this one marketing team, the, uh, the VP said, you know, in order for us to do a launch, we need to know what features are going to be delivered nine months in advance. And I burst out laughing. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun when your invoice is paid in advance. But, uh, I, you know, it's like there's no way. And, 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 and the really funny part, oh, I love this, is, is she said, um, well, you know, I just miss the good old days. You know, in the good old days, we used to have a roadmap. And we would ship on schedule and all the features would be there and we knew everything months in advance. And I said, you know, you're remembering a past that doesn't really exist. I remember that past. We never hit our dates. No. We never hit our scope. So you're you're it's like it's like trying to re, it's like remembering the 60s and thinking that, you know, it was actually like Leave it to Beaver or Andy Griffith show. And it really you know wasn't to the people who were living there. Um, but in it, and, and so my challenge to the VP of marketing was, do you really need to know features or do you need to know what problems we're going to solve? Because isn't that what marketing is supposed to be doing? And she agreed. Um, so what I find is when I ask development, how to define product management, they say, tell me about markets and problems. And when I talk to marketing, they say, we need to know more about markets and problems. And when I talk to sales, they, they say, we need to know how our product solves problems. And so it keeps coming back to that, that it, they need to know less about the problem. I'm sorry, the product. They need to know less about the product and more about the problem. And I think even within the organizations where they are not necessarily uh, maybe they don't they don't recognize what's missing, right? So I think often when they think they need more product information, right? So if sales is coming at you and being like, no, 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 I really need you to be my my technical subject matter expert in my demos, and I really need you to answer these really specific questions, that can feel like to a product manager, nope, see, they really need product expertise. But some of that is that what they're doing is filling a void because they don't have the other piece. Same thing with developers. If they want to know more specifically what you want them to build, like if they want you to map that puppy out all the way to how, often it's because in the, in the lack of understanding the context, what they're going for is someone to help with execution. And so um, I think and sometimes you absolutely get organizations that are where their partners see it and know what's missing. And I think sometimes it's our job as product managers to provide the other so that they, they to, to train them on the difference of what it is that they're asking and what they need. Yes, you're right. And, you know, one of the other things I, I uh, well, I, I like to say in a lot of my speaking, uh, the way to be a consultant is you have to not work for this company. You have to be from out of town. You have to tell a story about Apple, which I, I, I may still do. Um, you have to quote Peter Drucker, and you have to have a four-square grid. And I, I have all of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of the things I read by Peter Drucker that was just, um, just mind-blowing was he said, in, each, in a well-run organization, each role is either associated to a single client 
or is associated to a market full of clients. And that was a big epiphany for me. You know, sales is supposed to be executing at the client level. Marketing is supposed to be executing at the market level. And likewise, development and product management. Um, I mean, in most organizations, development doesn't build a uh, a function or a feature for a single client. They would use like a professional services organization to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in most organizations, marketing would not create a custom demo or uh, brochure or web page for a single client. And we would look at, you know, how do we do this systematically or system, right? Uh, how, how, how we could do it to the many instead of to the one. And so product management for me in this realization is about finding systemic problems, not just with our customers, but also with our internal customers. So for instance, a lot of salespeople deal with RFPs. And what happens often is the sales guy says, uh, hey, I got an RFP, I've been sitting on it for a week or two and it's due tomorrow, Uh, I need to give it to the product manager to fill out because you guys know all this technical stuff. And if you, if you do that one time, that's, you know, that's being a, a, a good corporate citizen, perhaps. But if it becomes a standard thing, then you're not a product manager anymore. You're a sales engineer. Sales engineers are the ones who support sales on a one on a customer by customer, one by one basis. Product managers should be looking at this in a bigger context, in the context of problem. It turns out we do a lot of RFPs. Therefore, we need to have a systematic way of responding to them. So I sit down with marketing and I say, you know what? I'm getting hammered on these RFP things. How can we solve this with a marketing program instead of me staying late writing on, you know, individually? And marketing says, well, you know, we have a lot of experience in communication and this seems like the kind of ideal scenario for a frequently asked questions document. We'll go through all the RFPs, we'll identify the commonly asked questions, we'll make a, a database or we'll make a big honking spreadsheet and you go through and you give us the answer once and we'll make that available to the sales team so they don't have to ask you one at a time. They have this resource that they can go to. Let's enable the salespeople. And yet, to play that back, product management identified a problem coordinated with the experts in communication, our friends in marketing, marketing recommended a solution. Instead of me going to marketing and say, we need a database that uses these technologies, instead I say, I've got this problem, how do you recommend we solve it? And then marketing solves the problem and delivers it to the customer, in this case, the sales team. That's a super good point. Let's dig into that a little bit more right after this quick break. Hello, Pragmatic Live listeners. You know we're passionate about product management, and we've been training professionals like you since 1993. If you're ready to increase product sales, reduce time to market, and improve customer satisfaction, register to experience a Pragmatic training session today at pragmaticmarketing.com slash buy. So in that way, what you're saying is um, if you're... 
find yourself being the product expert and not the problem expert. Don't just like, you know, drop the ball and be like, sorry, I can't help you. That's not my, my gig. That That's never going to go well. But sure. how do you uh, deliver that? How do you find a solution that's far more scalable? How do you remove yourself from having to be in that equation? So in the RFP case, it's by working with with um, with marketing. In, in developer's case, you know, it could be how you pass off the what you put in as background for context on epics and user stories or or is that what you're saying is like look for ways to make yourself obsolete (laughs) 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 in that spot so that you can focus on the other piece absolutely and and what i find is sales sales departments are frequently understaffed in that critical role called sales engineering and we can identify this problem and our and have a sit down with marketing or the VP of sales and say, you know, we're getting a lot of requests for this kind of one-on-one support. The solution is sales engineering or the solution is this other thing. And so we're looking at what problems do we see inside and outside the building that we can solve in a scalable manner. One of the other things that most teams are now doing, certainly I, I work with teams to do, is for the product manager to sit down and formally introduce the problem to the development team and say, you know, this is called a discovery meeting. And so I sit down with development and I say, before I start talk, before we start talking about designs and features and how we would implement, let me make sure you're clear on the persona and their problem. And I lay this out. They say, oh, well, what if we did it this way or what if we did it that way? And in the con- in the in the conversation that ensues, they take the lead on designing a solution while the product manager takes the lead in articulating the problem and representing the customer. Um, for those of you, uh, those who follow Agile, um, oh, shoot, his name escapes me. The guy whose name I'm thinking of. <laughs> I uh, love him. Here we go. He. Anyway, a user story is a placeholder. It's not a thing. It's just an index. And I think in a lot of cases, we think that we have to put everything in the user story. But in a user story, there are three parts that are called the card, the conversation, and the confirmation. So the card is, we need, this, uh, we need to solve this problem. And the conversation is to sit down with development and articulate the problem in the context of a persona, brainstorm a solution, and through that, identify the confirmation, also known as acceptance requirements, or the acceptance tests, where we say, if it does the following things, if it works for, you know, up to 25 people, if it uh, does, you know, if it meets these needs or it complies with these constraints, then I will consider the work done so that in advance we're saying here's here are the parameters of the problem that need to be solved. And when you deliver your work, when development delivers the work, we go through the acceptance criteria that confirmation and say, yes, it meets this and this and this and this. What I like to think of as business rules. So in that context, the product manager isn't the technician. The product manager is 
the market representative, which is what development wants. I love it. So do you know anyone who has the title problem manager? You know, I don't, although I should certainly change my own business card. I mean, you know, certainly the people I work with consider me quite the problem, but I, I think <laughs> kind of a context. But, you know, th there's there's an uh, there's another aspect here that I, I think is so interesting. I, I, I did a session with a, um, uh, a company a, a couple of years ago trying to help them define their process and their roles. And it der it derailed pretty early because. I had argued to use these, this, this problem concept and focus on the kind of person we needed. But one of the VPs insisted that we use titles. And so we were talking about who does win-loss analysis. And that's one of my favorites, by the way, in that everybody thinks sales should do it. Nobody thinks sales is doing it. And furthermore, it's not sales's job. It's marketing's job. Um, but anyway, we were arguing about win-loss analysis and somebody said, well, you know, I think the product manager should do it. And then another VP said, well, none of my product managers can do it. So I think marketing should do it. And somebody else said, well, they can't really do it because they don't have time. So maybe it should be this other person. And I'm like, no, wait, let's start by identifying who ought to do it. What, what role mm -hmm. ought to do it and ignore the skills of the people for a moment. And what we discerned was win-loss analysis should actually be done by product marketing, but maybe a better title is the growth problems manager. So we've got uh, product marketing in a lot of organizations uh, is a, un, another one of those unclear definitions, but fundamentally shouldn't the, pro the product marketing manager be enabling marketing and sales to generate growth for the existing products. And if that's the case, then we do win-loss analysis and we find out that we're having this problem in communicating or we're having this problem in selling. And we've identified through win-loss a problem that we want to sit down with marketing to solve so that our sales team is enabled. And then there's the people who work with development need to be understanding market problems from a more technology-oriented space. And that is, you know, here's, here's a a workflow where the client is trying to, you know, generate an invoice or generate a statement of work and then there's an invoice and then there's a, you know, follow-up billing AP something or another. And for them, it's really about some of the technical problems we're trying to solve. So maybe there's a role there called the technical problem manager or the technical planning manager. And then at the highest level, there's, we're, we're, we want to build a new product. Well, all right, we've got a business problem here. And that is we've got so many ideas for, for products, which one should we pursue? And so we're going to need somebody with a more business head who is looking two, three, four years out at market problems to come and guiding that problem through the executive uh, vetting process. So these, in my mind, not only is problem manager a better mindset, but there's three levels of problem. And it's the problems we're dealing with with the products we have now, 
the problems we're dealing with with the products that are coming next, the next release or the next major build, and the problems we have in growing our business going forward. And I think a lot of organizations are so obsessed about what we're building next that they're not really looking ahead to what new products should we have in our portfolio 18 months from now. We're all pulled into deal of the day or the latest development emergency. And I think that ties back to how you started, right? With development is a bucket of which you have numerous titles because it's a department. And in this way, as you stratify, stratify those different problem managers, it's the same thing, right? It's right. a lot. How do we focus? And I personally, and of course, we all know I am biased in this area, but the, the sort of growth problem manager as the idea to help people understand a product marketing to me is fascinating, right? You immediately said that. And I just pictured this like Sherlock person going to figure out where are all the little kinks in what we do that, that are keeping us from growing uh, to the best that we can. It doesn't mean that they solve them all, just like the problem manager we talked about earlier would work with marketing on an RFP solution. It's, look, this, we seem to be missing the point here. The win-loss shows that we could do that. How do we then, how do they work with all those other experts to fix those things? How do we enable sales? What other information can I give them so that they can solve them? So I, I, that analogy to me, uh, I might change my title. <laughs> good, good. And I think it also speaks to another issue that from flipping things around, I mean, when I talk to developers, they get really frustrated that product managers are coming in and telling them what to build mm. and how to build it. And I find the same is true with marketing. You know, the product manager comes in and says, okay, I've decided to launch a product in three weeks and here's my tick list of all the things you have to do for me. I want a web page and I want a press release and I want an ebook and I want, you know, gimme, 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 gimme. And it's the same problem. You know, I, I would like to think of marketing as a development organization or an engineering organization that is focused on solving communications problems. And that product management or the growth manager should be going to marketing and saying, I've encountered these problems from my anecdotes and from my data, here's the problem. What do you recommend? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's just like developers, you know, the fun is in finding the creative solutions. It's what allows them to use their expertise. And it's the same thing with marketing. If I go to my team here and say, okay, I want a blue web page that looks like this and has these words. And then they're like, well, you know, okay, that doesn't need to be us. That doesn't leverage what I know in my area expertise and, and what I know about the tools we have in the market and testing, ideally. So, uh, yes, they would they would not work well for <laughs> with me if I did that to them. And indeed, and they would push back and say, well, golly, let me just set up a WordPress login for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it your own damn self. Right. right. But... <laughs> Instead, if I, you know, I, I'm, I guess this is a strange statement coming from me. I'm sufficiently humble that I don't believe that I know the answer to everything on the, on the planet. There may be experiences that you have as leading a marketing team that I have not had. And so I would strongly uh, solicit your advice rather than saying, you know, give me the following things on my pick list. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. All right, Steve, we talked about a bunch of stuff today. 
If you are going to have people do two things differently tomorrow based on what we talked about today, what would you have them do? The first thing I would always say is product managers by whatever title or problem managers as we now call it should have at least once a week should have a conversation with a client, a potential customer or an existing customer without trying to sell them anything. When I uh, started, when I struck out on my own, the first thing that I did was I set up calls with VPs of product management, CPOs and uh, CTOs and interviewed them for problems they were encountering, you know, particularly in this case in the, in, uh, in the world of Agile. And suddenly I had a hundred people that I could quote or who gave me insights that ultimately led to my book, Turn Ideas Into Products. Um, but starting with real life conversations between me and real people without going through a research firm or going through a sales team or going through a support line. So the first thing I would always recommend is that product managers, problem managers need at least one customer interaction a week without a sales objective. And the second thing is as they say in a 12 step program, the first step of, to change is to recognize you have a problem. Mm. And I like to think about problems in the context of what is your expertise? You know, as a product manager or a problem manager, people look to you for what reason? Is it because you're more technical than development? I doubt it. Is it because you're more salesy than sales? I doubt it. You know, what is your expertise? And I would argue that you need to spend time every week honing your expertise, which and the only thing that you know that no one else does is the market full of problems that exist in the uh, that we can solve. So that's what I guess that's actually two versions of the same thing. Spend time in the market so that you become the expert on the market rather than trying to out expert the other departments on their home turf. I think that's good advice. Great advice. All right, Steve, thank you very much for joining me. I definitely hope that you will join us again soon. I enjoyed it and I hope to see you again very soon. Excellent. And for all of those uh, who are looking to hear more from Steve, where should they where should they look? Under 10playbook.com, that's where I always go. Correct. Under 10playbook.com, we've got some articles there that are pretty core articles. Um, I also have a blog and I'm pretty prolific. I have been blogging uh, first with you guys and now with myself since 1999. Wow. And that is generally like one post a week for whatever that is, 20 years. Um, and you can also, if you like this idea of the way we engage with marketing and development, that is described in detail in my book, Turn Ideas Into Products, at turnideasintoproducts.info. Awesome. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. Mm -hmm.